Wow, that surely was a refreshing gulp of water. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Listener, it's Radio Free Topag, and I'm Donovan. And I'm Arthur. Uh, and I didn't have any water in my big bottle, because we actually just did the Ballin' Out Super Patreon. Hell yeah. Uh, which was a very good time, so you should check us out over there. Uh, yeah, uh, very happy to be there, very happy to be invited. Uh, this does mean... That we are going into what we started at six thirty is now nine p.m. Where <laughs> it's been two and a half hours of of being on, and uh, if all goes to plan, we're doing the our fucking Patreon immediately after this. So this feels this feels like big business to me. This feels like I'm really working right now. This is the big marathon, but we like doing it, and we do it for you, listener, and we have a good time with it. Uh, unlike the time I had watching Tenshi Muyo, which I could not make heads or tails of. <laughs> I use the phrase, I could not make tits or ass of it. I, <laughs> I believe Alex Patak was delighted by that. Yeah. It's, from what I could gather, though, it's a show about a young boy and his many wives, some of whom are also teens and sure. some of whom are thousand-year-old demons in the body of an eight-year-old or whatever right. that fucking trope is. But for real in this, that was crazy. And the girl, the littlest girl, who is also a cat rabbit, is also a spaceship. Right. Very uh, very complex web of, of weeb threads uh, in this one. And we're on a main show, too. Check out Ball and Night Super. We've had Fuck Alex yeah. on before. Uh, we had a lot of fun there. Check it out. How are you doing, Arthur? We just spent two and a half hours together, so I already know, but you want to tell me anyways? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, and the listeners. Uh, I had a weird thing happen at work today. There's somebody that I work with, who I will not name, uh, but I, I have a lot of genuine affection for this person. She's like an older lady. She works down at the unnamed retail establishment with me. Uh, apparently, she has had beef with me since Christmas, and I had no fucking what? idea. Apparently, I snapped at her at Christmas and she has had issues with me ever since and oh, it's no. never come up. And I've always, every time I see her, I like, I say her name in a fun way. That's how, you know, I like you. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I just, it's, it's so weird. The concept like that, like you live in other people's heads in a way that has nothing to do with you. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I ran into that. I found out we had beef because apparently I pissed her off again today. Oh, no. And she was talking to Rich Homie Barb about it. Rich Homie Barb told me, and I'm like, what the fuck? How did, how did this happen? Well, yeah. Um, well, what do you think the deal was? She's just kind of a tightly wound person. She got some anxiety going on. Because this sounds like something I would do sure. uh, in my past worst social anxiety times where, like, you take something the wrong way and as opposed to you know trying to talk about it you just let it stew in your head and so you act weird and then you have an outburst later on it's not a great yeah. not a great way to do it that's a big insight um i'm told that she is a grudge holder that she like uh, there will be some perceived slight a hillary uh, clinton type sure sure yeah i'm gonna end up fucking dead i'm gonna get <laughs> killed <laughs> Arthur Arthur gets Benghazied, the <laughs> final episode of Radio Free Toadbag. But yeah, other other than a other than a weird thing at, at work, uh, I've been doing okay. How you been? How's how? Like, is my understanding you have begun uh, a new position with a yes. new company? Uh, of course, that is a parallel Donovan, not related to the one running this show. Let's right. be very clear about that. But it's going well. Uh, I was unemployed for a fucking year, I think, as I possibly have mentioned on this show, uh, which is hard and bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, went through a lot of cycles of depression and anxiety, uh, but kind of through going over those cycles over and over and like, I don't know, having all this free time. I think I've I've gotten a lot better at like handling a lot of this stuff. So like it definitely sucked. I don't want to do that again. Uh, but some good came out of it. I don't know. Now, now I'm kind of like excited to be uh, working again. People are nice. So they, things are good. Are you having that uh, that new workplace elation? Yes. Because I remember fully. I remember the last time I had a, a long stretch of unemployment followed by uh, gainful employment once more. Uh, actually at the unnamed retail establishment. 
uh, I remember I was in one of the point of sale bays and there was some, you know, like the shitty, like pop music they play over the fucking radio. Right. I was so jized to be there that I was fucking dancing in the, like in the POS bay. Like, have you, have you had any like outbursts of joy in your workplace? Uh, well, so this is a remote thing, which is like what right, I right. have been dreaming of. Prior to the pandemic, I know a lot of people hate that shit, but I fucking love working remote. I I just work best that way. And uh, part of that has been, it was fucking nice today and being able to be like, oh, I can like just go work outside if I went to. And then sitting up in the back and drinking some tea. I was like, okay, this is, this is good times. Fuck yeah, dude. So we like that. The sun's rays are also powering me up. They're starting to reach their full potential i'm wearing floral right now i'm not oh, wearing yeah. the flannel today because it's 80 degrees outside i'm feeling colorful i'm feeling good marvelous well you know what else would make me feel good arthur what else would make you feel good no, no. responding to the questions of our beloved listeners and fucking randos on reddit <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that i would love to do that donovan Oh, cool. Well, speaking of do, what do I during missionary? <laughs> That's what it says. What do I during missionary? It sure does. And when I selected this question, I didn't notice that either. I was just trying to make a dumb double do pun. Uh, but it worked because there's a missing do there. Speaking of there, besides just lying there, squirming and moaning, what do I do to, you know, to impress or satisfy my man. I got a lot of advice that eye contact is hot for them. Guys, in parentheses. But is it, though? I feel awkward sometimes. But I am willing to try, you know, dot, dot. Do I touch myself? Question mark. Another question mark. Do I rub everything? Do I scratch? Uh, and that was posted by... Alan Invader 248. It is, there is an eye there. It is Alien Invader. God damn it. Arthur, you need, let me, you let need me a higher have my, risk screen. Let me have my font. <laughs> 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 let me believe. <laughs> uh, well, so what do you, you, you got some experience with the missionary position, I, I imagine? Uh, I think most people do. Who uh, It's kind of hard go. not to right. do that one. Uh, I'm a fan, personally uh the the eye contact thing i have talked about you can you can make eye contact and that is good i do like you know it would be weird of me to be like i really don't enjoy eye contact while <laughs> don't look at stuff. me don't, don't you look, look at me. me um but too much of it can be too much and if you uh especially i have talked about the facial acting <laughs> like if you're doing a lot with your eyebrows like yeah fucking yeah that's <laughs> you can't you can't with that um, you really did that justice too uh over video here listener just the big raising eyebrows and the nodding and the just eerie unsettling. smile i really I enjoy that. i really enjoyed uh uh do i rub everything <laughs> rub the pillow rub the headboard yeah. rub his butt no on the real though rub his butt that's true. Yeah, so this is kind of like, this is almost like power bottom advice. What can mm. you add to kind of being a receiving partner to kind of to kind of mix it up here? Uh, so, the, I mean, to touch yourself, that that's one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of more, that's more for you, though. But if yeah. that feels good, I mean, that's going to make, want that, you know, you'll be more into it. And that's, that's hot. Uh so, I mean, it, I think that kind of leads to like, well, I don't know, just like, wh what are you feeling and what do you, what do you kind of like feel the urge to do? Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm not talking about to kind of necessarily focus on impressing the partner so much, uh, but, you know, but stuff that's going to add to the experience for you and let you like really get in there. And uh, I think a lot of that is becoming comfortable with kind of doing these things. Like, as they mentioned, the eye contact. Uh, that can be that can be a lot. It can also make you feel awkward as the one doing it. And then if you're feeling awkward, you know, you're not you don't have the confidence with it. It kind of slows things down, obviously. Right. Um, 
So I, th- I think really focusing on just the things that you really enjoy and trying to get to that point of comfortableness with your partner and letting yourself kind of like express these things. Uh, I don't know, however it comes out to you. Yeah. Uh, more important than the generalities is uh, really feeling yourself in the moment and, and being present and uh, uh, making your partner know what feels good for you and doing the things that feel good for you. Right. Uh, in terms of uh, more just practical techniques and stuff, I mean, this this scratch could be a good idea. If you're into like the rougher stuff and and uh, you know the the scratch, your partner's into the scratching element. Yeah, I mean, you're on top of you. You reach around the back. You get your claws in. It's uh, that could be hot. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I don't know, imagine myself laying on my back and like, what could I do? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. your arms are free, so the arms are a big option. Uh, grabbing in general. Grab grab your yeah, dude's ass. You're talking stuff. about the rubbing. The grabbing's big. Get a fucking hair pull in there. Mm. Uh, I think just kind of... It's really just stuff to make it interesting and kind of make it like more fun and and exciting and uh, intense, maybe as opposed to kind of like the, I don't know, the missionary trope of uh, you're laying there and you have sex and it's done, right? I think it's just kind of so getting more into it and throwing some sprinkles on that, however you like, be it scratching or rubbing everything. Sprinkle it, sprinkle it. We love we love sprinkling it. Uh, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got a Reddit one here. Want to hear this? This is a Reddit one. Oh, tell me about it. Need help worshiping, Desac. <laughs> hey guys, I need some help. I twenty three F need some help with my fiance. I am in love with his balls. He's got a nice cock, but his bones are perfect. They're so big and round and full and sensitive. He likes it when I play with his balls almost as much as I do. But I don't really know how to please him through his balls. I lick them and stroke them and he likes that. But beyond that, I'm lost. Can y'all suggest some techniques or toys? that I can use to make him feel heavenly on his balls. Posted by additional buddy 6701. I know that was just a typo, but the juxtaposition of Technics, like the old Lego spinoff that Bionicle yeah. came out of next to toys. I don't know. Maybe they know. Maybe, Maybe they, they know, know what's up. I was going to suggest some techniques for you, some fucking SL 1200s. Uh, that's like a, you need like a direct drive turntable, get yourself a mixer with that boy too. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. This is, this is a rarity. Like mm-hmm. I've kind of heard, uh, like I'll, you know, play with my partner's balls cause they're into that, but I don't think I've heard like, I am into the balls. I find the ball attractive. Uh, so I feel like, so you, I mean, you even say worshiping Desac. Desac. Uh, but we've talked down here about like cock worship and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Boob worship. Partialism. Uh, yeah. And I feel like those techniques could carry over. I can't remember 100% how those play out because that's not really my thing. Uh, sure. You got any, what can you do with balls? I am on record as somebody who will who will say, please neglect the balls. You don't look, don't touch them. I don't, <laughs> I don't even like them. Don't, don't, don't even look at them. Uh, but if you want to do stuff to them, there's like, there's a whole panoply. So like, uh, have you ever seen those little like stimulator wheels? They're like, uh, it's like two little prongs oh. on like a, like a rod. And right. then it's like little, a prickly needly fucking like wheel. Wheel with little metal spikes around it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I see and just that. fucking run that shit on his scrotum. Oh. Do it. <laughs> I don't know if you worship something by poking it with sharp spikes. <laughs> uh, That's how I worship my god, the flayed <laughs> lord, of course. Uh, 
Because that, I mean, some people would be into that, but that falls more into like the the kind of good pain aspect, right? But right. if he is into that, I mean, that that definitely opens up some things. You got that. Yeah. You got cutting the bottom out of a chair and smacking him like in James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. It's didn't he like swing like a huge fucking weight into oh, his nutsack? Oh or? yeah, yeah. What a wow! The British really putting some great stuff out of the world. Can we talk what. about Daniel Craig Bond for a second? What's up with him? I like it. He was he's like a rougher Bond. Ooh. Like a little more rough and tumble. Uh Pierce Brosnan way too clean. I that's, like a, I like a James Bond getting dirty, getting uh, getting beat up. I like it. That's true. That's true. Uh much Hot like Hot take on somebody who was James Bond fucking <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> it's kind of like uh MI6 or the CIA. Like it'd be better if they just went mask off and showed the shit that they were doing as opposed to go. pretending they're like this clean cut organization. Right. Uh, so we kind of like the mask off element of grizzly old Craig. How the fuck did we get to the, oh the ball hitting the ball hitting? <laughs> That's your play. I was about to fucking say, what if you dipped him in like some hot water or something, warm water, <laughs> like really hot water? I was <laughs> <laughs> thinking of ways to abuse testicles here. <laughs> well, I mean, CBT. Yeah, but I like. I don't know if this person, if this is the direction I'm sensing for this person. This is what I, this is where I want him to go. I want him to go. <laughs> Get into CBT. Come on. Uh, here's a real one that's not even necessarily CBT, though it can be. Uh, if you take a cock ring, like one of the little rubber rings, and you put that around the balls, and then you've got like they're just like there. They're, lo- oh. they're a lot more present. They're like fucking like, Ugh. right. I imagine that'd be great for a uh, question asker here too. Who's yeah. like actively finds them hot. Yeah. So you kind of both win there. That adds some interesting sensation. It uh, does delay ejaculate. As I have mentioned on this program, uh, if your uh, testicles are pulled away from your body, it uh, delays, oh, delays ejaculate because like, part of the uh, orgasm response is to draw the testicles towards the body into the body cavity. Right. Um, as a little callback to the balling out super episode, <laughs> more like balling in my body. <laughs> uh, I think you're, I think you're on a good thread with the cock ring stuff though, because there's like vibrating ones. There's ones that go around a cock and a balls. Right. At the same time, there's ones that split them into separate rings, yeah. but they're attached. And like, uh, you know, the the vibrator just being around that area, that's some fun sensation. That adds something for you, question asker. And the balls are gonna get all red and veiny and turgid, and we love that. You love that. I just searched weighted ball stretcher, because that's a thing <laughs> in the world. And uh the the title of this link is Get Low Hanging Balls with 100 percent safe ball stretchers. Why would you want that? I have that. I hate it. Get prolonged orgasms with 100% safe ball stretchers at the chain gang. <laughs> Bye now. Stretching my balls out so I can last longer in sex. You put them like a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> we got some time. Keep going. I'm got, Keep like going. It's happening, but we, we got some time before it, it happens. <laughs> uh, dude, the fucking Baldo. The Baldo. The fucking Baldo. This How is the actual perfect use you are the actual person that product was made for the use case for the baldo is you yeah if you if you missed that episode it's a device that it's coming I mean, kind of like a cock ring on the balls it separates right. them but then there's a sleeve dildo type thing that they fit into and then you can penetrate with your balls in this contraption yeah, it's a rubber pope hat you wear on your balls that you can <laughs> fuck people with with the balls at the sides like a couple of ears or something they really pop out it's very strange uh but for real if you're like if you are full tilt into the sack like this i imagine like you would be really into getting penetrated by the sack maybe mm. and uh i'm i mean i didn't think i don't know if anybody like that was out there so i'm glad to hear somebody is we have an actual use case uh head on over to wherever the fuck in a uk their base get yourself a ball though baldo.com sex will never be the same again it certainly won't question box time asking all them questions asking all them questions why you asking all them questions making statements uh, asking all them questions 
Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Assuming. Oh, rock and roll. It's the question box. The segment of the show where you, the listener, you can send your questions into us and we'll read them and we'll respond to them. Uh, if you're new to the show or if you have a short memory, you can do that at our website, rftb.me. Or on our social media, uh, Twitter at RFTBPod, Instagram at Radio Free Tote Bag. You uh, click that link for the anonymous question box. You don't have to make an account. You type it in, you send it in. And uh, sometimes sometimes you got to hate on us a little bit, apparently, because yeah. uh, for the second time in pod history, we have received a little hate mail. And for the second time in pod history, it's about DDLG. Uh, it would seem maybe that this person listened to this episode recently that was like two years ago that's an older one uh and they seem to be upset with what we had to say about dominant daddy little girl uh so let's hear from them actually i just wanted to share some ddlg resources with you there are many more out there and ask you to remember whilst you're writing something off as weird and pedophilic it might be a source of strength and existence for other people I'd suggest doing some more reading and listening before you make your half-arsed response to something you don't understand. Your podcast on DDLG was something that really affected me. Happy listening. Peace. And then there's some links that I'm sorry, but I'm not going to click on those links. <laughs> um, first off, I do want to say that I it was never our intention to hurt you or make you feel bad. We don't want to do that. We don't want to no. make people feel bad. Um, we just... We we are of a mind that there's got to be a better way to like deal with childhood trauma, right? And again, like so the the last time somebody sent in this question, right? They were like, "Oh, you it portrayed it as this thing where it's like uh, the fetishes they're older and this is like a kid or whatever, you know?" When really it's not fully like that. And I think we mentioned like I'm sure it exists on a spectrum of kind of things, right? And we're not so much talking about those people. Uh, cause like you said, I, like, I don't want to demonize anything for any, anything. As we said last time, I realized this is a consensual thing. I don't think you're a bad person, but like Arthur said, it just doesn't strike me the right way. And maybe, maybe I'm completely fucking wrong. I, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot who knows, but my gut feeling on this is just like, if it is, cause there's gotta be people who this is a component for, I imagine to kind of go to the lengths of fully wearing children's clothes and all these kind of things. If you were at that level, I don't understand how you would engage with that without like, there is an element of there. Uh, this is a child and this is attractive or the co- things that kind of are childlike. This is attractive. Uh, and again, like objectively you're two consenting adults. That's all right. But it's just, yeah, I don't like it. There's, there's it very weird. few things I think that, like are are con, you know consensual like this that I would make kind of a, a judgment on like this you know not just as somebody not into it but like as a more broad thing and again it's just that for me it is the focus on uh, on uh, dressing up like a fucking kid and acting like the kid and particularly like the very drawn out ones where like you are living like that fully I know that's the thing and other elements of BDSM and I also have kind of mixed feelings about that mm-hmm. so. I, I don't know. To wrap it up, I still don't love it. You're not going to no. fucking convince me. But if it does help you out, More I mean, that's, you. that's your experience. I don't understand the nuances of it. That If that's the thing that does it, trauma fucking sucks, whatever you can do to get past that. Uh, but I just, again, I don't, there's got to be a better way. I will commit to listening to this episode of this other podcast on DDLG. And uh, I'll come back and give a DDLG book report. Uh, also, I wanted to say, so you're not going to do any Daddy Donovan Little Gale? That's not going to be a thing that you're going to do? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh, you're conspiring with this diddling listener. Wait a second. There's diddling fucking. It's the accurate fucking. It spots out perfectly. Your argument is void. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, don't want to hurt you. Don't understand you either. So, right. <laughs> but I'm going to hey, try. Arthur's going into the mines. Maybe we'll get. I also want to clarify. Like, I, I spent some time looking into this. I'm no fucking expert. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time because when it comes down to it, I don't care that much about this this specific thing. 
Uh, but I do get that impulse if I don't understand something, and particularly if somebody sends a response like this to the other person where it clearly bothered them, where I, like, I do want to understand. I don't want to be here ignorantly spouting shit. But again, I'm just talking about a gut feeling here. And uh, who knows? Maybe Arthur comes back out of the depths and we're both we're both daddying it up for all the time from now on. Maybe could be. Who knows? Uh, but but do th- hey, thank you for sending the question. And even if it uh, even if you called us half arsed, I got a big ass. <laughs> Fucking liar. Me, me too. Uh, hey, guys, can't believe I'm writing this. My boyfriend and I are both a few years out of college since pre covid BF does a dance where he would make his arms short like a T-Rex and swing them to the side before doing a weird walk. He calls this dance the Frasier because Frasier did it on the show. When I ask him what episode it's from, he says, if you know, you know. We recently finished rewatching all of Frasier at his behest because he wanted me to experience the dance for himself. The dance never made an appearance. I feel like this is some kind of extended prank because he claims now he claims it's from Cheers and wants us to rewatch that. How do I end this nightmare? Oh, wow. You're dating Arthur. Yeah, I'm on some Andy Kaufman shit with you. We're we're doing we're going deep on this joke. Oh, my God. That Uh, rules. If if this is a fucking practical joke, it's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. It's amazing. Uh, But per their question, Arthur, as a Frasier expert. A Frasier file, yes. Do, do, if you know, I mean, do you know? Do you know what they're talking about? It it doesn't, I don't recall it. Ooh, and that's coming from somebody who really likes Frasier. I you honestly- seen it all, right? Uh, I think I've seen everything but the last season. Um, maybe he does it in the fucking- maybe he does the T-Rex. But, 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 but apparently not, because he would have- I put it together. Okay, it's the, it, I haven't seen any of this, but I think this is exactly what happens. So it's at the end, right? It's the season finale. Mm. F- Frasier and the other characters, they're hanging Niles, out. Bras, yeah. With those fellas and Frasier, he gets his little arms up and he starts doing a T-Rex dance. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, everybody looks up fucking gasping. A second sun in the sky. And the screen gets <laughs> brighter and brighter until it's white. And then the credits roll. Okay. What do you think about that? Is that I like happens? that a lot. I like that's that what fiction. Ha- that's what happens. I think that's what your boyfriend's referencing here. Uh, and so you should watch the extinction event episode of Frasier, the, the finale. <laughs> that's a great one. You'll put it together, all these little dance bits. That's so great. Uh, yeah, just fucking watch Cheers also. Just do that. Don't do that, listener. You legally do not have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know if it's bad or good but i do know that it is old it is uh, old and that arthur loves it very much with other shows like dallas <laughs> i actually dallas is one i never saw oh never saw dallas damn i do know that somebody shot jr at some point and it was like a big fucking deal now that's some cowboy shit right there i don't actually know what dallas is about either but that made me assume it was from the same era things i don't know about probably from the cheers era well, thank you for the question, uh, and I'm really happy that your relationship with Arthur is progressing well. <laughs> is it pathetic to get a body pillow with COVID and my lack of destiny prospect? It's got to be dating prospects, right? I really hope that it's like nobody will play destiny with him, so he's going to get a body <laughs> pillow. <laughs> with COVID and my lack of destiny dating prospects. Uh, I've just been wanting something to hold at night so I don't feel so lonely, but I don't want to come off as some neck, neck beard neat. <laughs> you know what a neat is, Don? I, I do. Uh, not in education, employment, or training. Yeah. It's your, not- it's your like, it's kind of like your prototypical incel. Yeah. Uh, I was, well, is, is that necessarily? Cause like, I think it just means somebody who's like after school before meaningful work you know what i mean in that stage of their life from what i gather it's it's more like it is somebody who is fully shrugged off understandably to an extent you know uh, like a career or studying or something like they're just living in a basement and they are posting on mg tau 
Uh, mm. And they are, uh, I mean, it's it, it's the basement dweller. Like that's sure. I guess that's what it means. It's that, that archetype. I I you know I was gonna say that at one point I was quite neato. Um, but I guess like during that time I was like DJing and working as a bouncer, so I did have yeah, that, like a gig. Like that I was fully doing that fully exempts you from being a neat. It is okay. if you were doing anything like if you were working <laughs> on a project, you are not a neat. Okay, unless that project is uh, uh, creating a database of all the women who scorned you, who wronged you. <laughs> Um, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can get a body pillow, and it doesn't Absolutely. like it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you may have to explain it to somebody at some point, and that may feel bad to do. Um, but you you fucking do whatever you want. I had a beard fully on my neck for a long time. Did that make me a neck beard? Yes. Do I apologize <laughs> for it? No. <laughs> I had a body pillow at one point. Friend of the show, Finch, gifted me a diva from Overwatch body pillow. So funny. In which her uh, suit that she wears appeared to be made out of like a thin layer of latex because, baby, you could see every fold, every wrinkle in her uh, gamer body. It was very very sexy looking. Uh, And I lived in a small apartment like I do now. And... Uh, I was dating at the time, and unfortunately, it was a pretty nice pillow. It had some heft to it. The filling was good. It was actually pretty solid. And I had that bad feeling of, this would be pretty comfortable to sleep on, but like, what do I do if a gal comes over? Do I lean into it and be like, Diva likes to watch? (laughs) Or just fucking hide it? And then I was like, there's not many places to hide it. That's even worse. What if she goes to the bathroom, opens the closet? And it's just tucked away in there, hidden secretly, uh, and I couldn't have that. No. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, upon moving, I, I I may have abandoned Diva at the local Goodwill, uh, but hopefully she's found a good home. Somebody is very pleased with their trip to Goodwill. Somebody's, somebody's fucking <laughs> Somebody's fucking my pillow. <laughs> you know what? That makes me have got brought a little joy into the world. Hell yeah. It's like the DDLG thing. I don't get it. I think it's a little weird. But crack on if, if you're having a good time fucking my pillow. Crack on indeed. My pillow. Um, crack on. My pillow. Crack on. Oh uh, wait. Uh, do we uh, want to read this one? Because it is actually it is technically in the question box. Hold on. My final advice was uh definitely do this if you're fucking yeah, feeling it especially if you're stuck uh alone right now that shit fucking sucks plus sleep with a body pillow great support you can get it arms wrapped around you can get it between your knees arthur's holding up his uh sushi body pillow looks like a a, a big log of sushi before it's been clipped up you said that thing's pretty great right yeah fucking rules put that between your knees fix your back problems so grab something. Get something goofy if you want to. You can also just get like one with nothing on it, or you could get a sheet that zips up and has one of those locks like a bag for traveling, right? Yeah. You put the white sheet over it, or black, I guess. We can't we can't let anything be getting out. You zip it up and you lock it, and you just lay that on your bed like a normal pillow, and nobody will question the padlock, and if they do, you do not tell them what it's about. Uh, I can't wait until somebody has Donovan and Arthur body pillows. Oh, that's a fantastic merch item. I don't know if that's been done. That is a product we will at some point be marketing, I'm sure. You think Zazzle has like a body pillow option? I bet they do. At this point, anything's possible. It's 2021, baby. There's gotta be a service for that shit. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the, I guess this gets into the fetish side of it, but it's kind of like the, the. Uh, plushy fetish we talked about sure so yeah i think they actually did custom pillows as a as one of the things on there too we're doing that yeah all right if you want donovan and arthur body pillows to spoon you from both sides at night uh, right into the question <laughs> box rftb.me uh let's let, fuck it let's do it let's read this one because we <laughs> if like if we literally just take the first word off of it it's just a question yeah uh, so this is specifically for Alex Patak, who is not here, but uh, we having were on not his did... show. <laughs> What's up? Do you think somebody just got confused? Because we were just on his show and they had we did some relationship questions on there, too. 
You think somebody yeah. thought he was coming out of here? I hit up. I uh, this is funny because if it's about like an error in text fields, I meant to send uh, this message to our full Discord, but ended up just sending it to Corla. Uh, <laughs> hey, does anyone have any relationship questions? We're going on balling out supers Patreon, and we're going to do a segment with relationship questions. Uh, uh, maybe so. Maybe they were sending that in to read on there or something. Yeah, maybe. We could take a crack at it anyways. We kind of have, I yeah. think we both had some experience with this. Regardless, having not dated in quite a long time, what does dating seem like to you from the outside? I've been playing the field uh, for a couple decades and my married friends all seem horrified by the idea. Understandably, uh, I've never been married, but I have been in a couple pretty long relationships. Yeah. Uh, like three years at one point. So long enough to like be fully fucking off my dating game. And like, I mean, I was younger too. So before that I was like in high school. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I realized what the, like had any conception of like what the dating experience would, would be like coming out. Cause I was like, I was like 24. I dated yeah. through most of college. Uh, and definitely from the outside, it's simultaneous. There's it was simultaneously part of me, like, and also cause this was a bad relationship. But there's simultaneously part of me that was like, oh, my friend, this looks like so much fun. My friends are going out with these people and all this stuff. But then on the other hand, it was like, I, how the fuck do I even hit on somebody? Like, how right. the fuck do I even go about finding somebody that I might date? And so it, it was definitely it was like intimidating. It, it seemed bad. It seemed unstable and bad. <laughs> it is both of those things. It's um, true. Uh like the big one for me i i I was in uh two five-year-long relationships uh so a total of 10 years of my life were spent in committed relationships split between two women right 10 years on the job 10 years on the job uh and so the prospect of dating was absolutely horrifying all those things that you said uh absolutely ring true for me um and i had a friend say to me like i was very discouraged in dating i was having a really hard time uh, meeting people i was having a really hard time being invested in these new people that i meet and i had a friend say something to me that dating is never as fun as being in love uh, uh but you that's what you have to do to get to that thing like you have to meet people you have to make an effort to to get in there and actually talk to people so as far as as far as the question what does it seem like to you from the outside it seemed scary um but playing the field for a couple decades um, if that's working for you, fucking get it. Keep it up. For sure. There's uh there's definitely nothing wrong with that. And I mean, there's something to be said for that for sure, as opposed to rushing into something. Uh, right. I, I think that's a good way to, to go about it. Uh, I, I do understand though. Like I fucking, I can't, after three years, like I can't imagine being in like a, a, a multiple decades marriage and like even trying to conceive of that it sounds like it'd be such a nightmare yeah chills spooky time well i mean as the fucking question box thanks for sending those questions in oh yeah you uh did you read that i read the having not dated in some time so bad yeah if we're still flippity flapping around then you would read the next one Oh, we're flopping the fuck around, baby, because my 32M, girlfriend's 32F, feelings about actually, wait, feelings about being a burden have actually become a burden, dot, dot, dot. Uh, This one is a bit of a text wall, but we really liked this question uh, because we've talked about this a lot at like self-fulfilling prophecies and that kind of shit. Um, So I'm going to read through this and try to skim through it. There's a teal there at the bottom. We can go back for details if need be. We're in our early thirties and have been together two years and moved in together a couple months ago to get the basics out of the way. We love each other very much are serious about our future together. Talk about kids and marriage, the whole nine yards, but she is extremely anxious and insecure about practically everything. Her job, her looks, her parents, our relationship, etc., etc., with a tendency to get extremely depressed and spiral out of control about relatively minor and mundane things. 
Most of it stems from a strict religious upbringing that has really damaged her self-worth and sense of relationships. And she has been in therapy for a few years. While it does seem like the frequency and intensity of her anxiety is a bit lower, I can't say that it actually makes its impact on her day-to-day any better. The biggest problem is that she is constantly walking on eggshells to avoid upsetting me or disagreeing with me, or basically doing anything to upset the delicate balance of everything being totally fine, which it is anyway. I'm pretty easygoing and don't really get upset, but if there's ever any situation where something is unclear, or if I voice any kind of second opinion, she immediately panics and tries to compromise or radically change plans to make it work. She does this with everyone. So there's more kind of details about uh, examples and whatnot. Let's let's get an example here, and then we can do the TLDR. Sure. Like, just as an example, if she's at the grocery store and I text to ask if she can pick up something that happens to be out of stock, she will panic and start looking up nearby stores that might have it or go extremely out of her way to get it instead of just being like, no, they don't have it. What about X instead? Uh and uh, conclusion here, we've talked about her doing different therapy, trying medications, which she doesn't want to do, but would do it for me, which is beyond wrong, in my opinion. We tried couples therapy, but we didn't like our therapist. I don't know. It feels like something needs to happen, and I don't know what. TLDR, my GF's anxiety and depression, send her into spiraling panic at the slightest provocation, and I don't see an end in sight but I can't possibly break up with her for it without making it a thousand times worse. And that was posted by Jackie Knit. I'm Jackie G- Knit. Jackie <laughs> oh, Knit. got him. Took me a second. Uh, I legitimately actually fully fucking teared up at the the example of her being at the grocery store and that like feeling of panic. <laughs> like I was like, I was there with her. I felt the panic like oh my god i can't disappoint this person and then like driving i'm just i'm just imagining for some reason it's snowing and it's like fucking middle of january and she's just like driving from store to store like and she almost hits a small child with her car like it's i the panic is so real to me in this in this moment um and i have nothing but sympathy for her um this is this is mentally ill behavior this is absolutely uh, beyond the pale of just like we'll have a talking to her right there about it um you say that she's in therapy you say that it's not impacting the overall uh uh tenor of the relationship that's not good um the fact that she would try medication uh but only for you like that's not like a thing that she thinks is a good idea for her but she's like but i'll do it for you that's like only feeds into this worse for sure uh this is this is just so bad and i feel for her so much like i'm like i'm this is sad for sure and i i've been there to an extent too and i know, I know you have too yeah that fucking sense of just crushing anxiety you need to make this thing happen but your mind is racing and like it's hard to fucking talk and even walk around and stuff like that it can be so goddamn paralyzing uh a side effect of that or maybe this is a fucking main component for a lot of people and how these kind of spirals work but it becomes because they're so fucking intense and unpleasant to deal with it becomes this thing in the back of your mind you have anxiety and so you know what's going to happen there you're going to start fucking meta spiraling basically about what if it happens in the future and you just it start it starts developing these fucking ridiculous layers almost of of wrapping in on itself because like you're trying to address a thing and this, then the way of addressing it is making you anxious, which is triggering another thing. And it's, I've tried a bunch of different shit for this too. I've, I've been on medication. I've gone to therapy. Uh, the shit has come back sometimes. The thing I think I've made their most recent or the, the, the most progress uh, through the fucking year I was talking about earlier, this, this past year of being alone, spending all this time with the anxiety. And the kind of realization I have is like, it is incredibly fucking counterintuitive, but you kind of just need to stop trying, basically, if that makes sense. You need to stop putting all this energy into trying to sort this thing out and make it go away and make the thing stop. And I'm more at a point where I'll feel the anxiety coming up before an interview or something. 
And in the past where that would have triggered me, I would have gotten in my head. I would have flopped the interview because I'm going to be off because I'm in my head. And then that's going to make me feel fucking even worse. Now I'm kind of taking it as, well, I've, I've dealt with this before. This is this feeling I have here and it's here. Like we, there's nothing groundbreaking about this. We deal with this every day. Let's just kind of try to let that go and do our best to focus on this thing that's in front of me. Uh, I kind of get that from meditation too. And what I've talked about, about kind of just trying to derail anxious thoughts and find something to focus on that's positive. Uh, and again, it's really fucking counterintuitive because you can't like just push to do that. It's almost like right. the harder you kind of try and push uh, against this, the worse it's going to get. It's just feeding back into itself. And it, again, it's not even easier said than done almost because this is, it's kind of a hard thing to articulate. Uh, but that, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and the fact that you've gone through all this therapy and all this, this sounds like obviously a much fucking more severe situation than I've dealt with. And I, I've been in some fucking really rough times. Yeah. So all I can say, cause no, you know, I think normally would say like, y'all got to get into some kind of therapy. It sounds like, I think the couples thing would be good. Yeah. If you keep trying and find somebody who works for you, cause it really does seem like a lot of this is playing off like the relationship element and you being around each other and she has, you know, responsibilities related to you and that all gets fucking tangled up. Um, but basically with the goal just to be another thing about anxiety could be like, you're, you're hiding it. You're trying so hard to hide it. You're spending like you're, you're yeah. putting all these resources to trying to make this not. A, and if anybody finds out it's all fucking over uh, another thing to kind of facilitate that. And I, I don't know exactly how to set this up, but just, Try to create an environment where, like, she has a bad, like, if she's having a bad spiral or something, it's totally fine. Like, it's absolutely fine. She doesn't need to do something to fix this or, like, get on this or something, but just, it's okay for you to be like that. And I'll be here with you, but just kind of sitting with it as opposed to kind of going into fixing mode. Um, And so, again, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like or how to set that up, but I think you, like, you as the partner, I think that's going to be the best thing you can do is just try to remove it like stuff that would be feeding into that anxious pressure. If you see what I'm saying and just really making it clear, like it's, this is okay. Like you're not fucking anything up. You're having a rough time here. That's all right. Let's sit with it and and see what happens. Like maybe it'll pass, but it's going to be all right. You know, that is, that is enormous. The idea of removing expectation. Um, This is reminding me of like, a time when I depersonalized really hard and I was having like a big fucking psychotic spiral and a therapist said to me, the more you think about it, the worse it's going to be. So you literally just have to not engage with the fact that you're not who you are. Right. And it's very big and it's very scary. Just, just watch some fucking TV or something like, you know, for real. It's, so just this idea of like disengaging from it. And when it's, it's such a pervasive thing. Um, it's, if a lot of her anxiety is coming from being in a relationship, it's all, like, I have this experience of relationships being a sort of all consuming thing. Like uh, this idea that like, I guess, I guess that would make me kind of a wife guy. I, um, <laughs> I like, you know, any decision you make, you're making as a person in a relationship as part of a unit. Um, and so this kind of pervasive thing, so maybe her having some space to kind of just do things apart from you, uh, might be of some help. Like if just kind of like some time to escape from that pervasive feeling of being in a relationship, if that's, what's causing a lot of the anxiety. That's a really good point there. Um, cause yeah, if there's like some codependent elements to this type thing, even the fact that she would, would be so. Like she's built this up. I don't know how much you've contributed to this um, question asker, but like the fact that she has built up disappointing you as this like catastrophic thing. Right. And in any capacity, like getting the wrong thing or them not having to the grocery store or something. Yeah. I mean, and that also, I I would imagine probably speaks to some self-esteem shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause like, that's not respecting yourself. If you're putting other people's, shit they don't even care about like before your fucking well-being like this and not to say like they're doing that intentionally or something like that just just pattern can start fucking happening and and reinforcing itself um so i guess like just beyond more kind of the the abnormal psych type shit here like 
you know, potential anxiety disorder or, or whatever, uh, just doing something to work on that self-esteem. And I, I like what you're saying about doing stuff solo. I think that's very important aspect of it. I think that sounds like something uh, that would go a long way, but also just having a project or something. We, we talk about this a lot. I've been talking about it a lot because that's what helped me with the anxiety, but just having something working on that's just fucking for you. It's not, you don't have to worry about other people's thoughts on it. And it's something to focus your, focus your attention on that you enjoy doing. Get something going like that. Uh, it just, it's, it's investing some time into yourself and, you know, it may, it, this is probably something you could work with, with a therapist too, but just fix a negative self-talk too. And just not, not treating yourself like, like this. Cause nobody yeah. fucking deserves that. And certainly not from yourself. Uh, psych med time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like a big, that's a big thing. Like I, I am in, I'm a big supporter of people, uh, uh, engaging with psychiatric medication if they're having, especially to this degree, uh, this kind of mental distress, her difficulties around it. Um, it's, I'm reluctant to say what I'm about to say, but I think if the only thing that could get her to take psychiatric medication is you I think maybe that's good enough. It sucks real like it's like a weird thing, but if she, she I think she fucking needs them. I get that impression too. And it also it's not like it has to be a lifelong thing. Uh it's been my experience too where there's been a couple points where I've needed to get on it because it's inter anxiety isn't interfering with my life on a day-to-day basis in a way that yeah. is actually fucking things up. That is medically fucking important. Right, and feeding back into it. And so how the fuck are you supposed to work on yourself in that state if like you can't function? Uh and so I think framing it as it's kind of a life raft for a bit. Yeah. So you can level out then when you're in a clear head can kind of put the work into working through all of these things through therapy or whatever. Uh, and then ideally you get to a point where you're good on your own. And if you don't, that's all right too. Cause I don't care what the fucking side effects are. It is better than this shit. Yeah. This shit is horrible. Like it's, it's having a fucking massive panic attack every fucking day from things that you have to do in your day-to-day life. And that is fully fucking debilitating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I hope this works out. This me is too. such a tangled situation. I'm sorry really, you're dealing with this. Uh, me too. I really feel for this lady a lot. Like I I empathize very much with this. And, me too. Uh, yeah. This the uh, the uh, self esteem is huge. The second you start feeling better about yourself, you're gonna start putting yourself like your feelings in that situation and your comfort and your uh, safety are important things also in addition to getting the right lettuce. Right. Uh, On top of that too, it comes back to the counterintuitive thing, but it's like, even if you are stuck to this mindset that you are worthless and that it's all, all that matters is being a better partner or whatever, you're going to be a better partner. If you like yourself, if you're in a good place of self-esteem so that you can like do stuff so even framing it completely removing any, you know, self-interest from this, like that's just the that's the better thing to do. Uh I guess I if there's kind of a reframing there that could be done is what I'm getting yeah. at. So much of mental health is about reframing and like it's thinking fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, thinking about things in in a different light. Right. Uh so yeah. Get a salt lamp. the real answer is always at the end always the fucking salt lamp you see the light particles come out and they're carrying some salt with them and then when Mm -hmm. they hit you that salt gets inside of you uh and anxiety doesn't like salt Uh, it hasn't been able to eat it for a while now it really has to change its diet up uh, so that'll fuck it right up do that yeah Yeah, uh, work on yourself, and then maybe you won't watch the episode of Tenshi Muyo for the podcast three times because <laughs> you're like concerned that you're not prepared enough. I can't believe you watched it three I times. Yeah, did. did. You had some insightful points, though. It was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> fucking panned out, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, I think if I had watched it three more times, I would be just as lost as I am now. I'm. T- 
And I was sweet. onto something with that fucking OVA thing. That's They're designed true, to be watched multiple times because you get the box set and then you're like, what am I going to do this weekend? Oh, I guess I got this box set. Maybe I'm going to watch it again. Maybe I'll get some more insights. Maybe I'll figure some shit out. Dear Tenshi and his beloved rat tail and child brides. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, they're a thousand years old or whatever. Ah, uh, you want to hit this last one? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Hey, uh, I like being dominated, but uh, but not degraded. Are there any other women here or men really turned on by slight dominance, but hate being degraded? Maybe it's just me, but there's a fine line between what I find hot and what I will instantly what will instantly take me out of my, the mood and piss me off. I'm pretty vanilla, lol, but I like it when I'm pushed up against the wall, picked up, choked, held down, and dirty talk too. We're making out, great. Flip me onto the bed and start taking my clothes off. Hold my hands down, but if a guy were to tell me to get on my knees or beg for anything or slap me or put his dick in my face, there are no words for the rage that would ensue. Calling me a good girl when I'm about to orgasm equals hot as hell, but calling me a good girl if you're face-fucking me equals not. Uh, I think I just like it when a guy takes control and is a bit forceful, but the moment I feel disrespected or objectified, I'm done. Quite honestly, I was sexually abused as a child and was belittled and made to feel so small and powerless. I think that's what triggers my intolerance of being treated as, quote, less than, even if it's just in the context of the bedroom. I get confused by my own preferences, and I can see where it can get confusing for a guy, too. It's hard to tell where the line is drawn, and I'm trying to recognize it to make it less confusing for future partners. Uh, that was posted by throwaway4837288. It's got a great ring to it. <laughs> Love it. This is I almost, interesting I almost one. deployed the old chestnut where I said, and that was posted by throwaway string of numbers I don't care to read. That's what I was expecting, but Arthur is fully committed. Arthur does not slouch away from responsibility, be it three episodes, well, the same episode of Tenshi Muyo three times, uh, or this slew of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like this one, though. This is very interesting, because yeah. come to this sometimes, we're like... I come to this sometimes. <laughs> Things can be like uh, boundaries can be easy for some people. Sometimes it's really clear cut. You know exactly what you're into and what you're not into. And it's kind of like falls along lines that other people understand. Bada bing, bada boom. You, you're not going to have issues like this. Uh, but when you're, this is a very interesting because you're simultaneously like into a lot of these kind of traditional BDSM or like a dominant submissive scene kind of elements. Uh, but not some other ones. And like, I feel where the line they're getting at is, but it's obviously very much harder to define than just like, oh, I'm into butt stuff. Sure. Anything's cool. I'm down for that. Yep. Uh, rocks and gravel. That's all it takes. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's about the nuance that makes it difficult. But I, I think if you find the right partner, they're going to be able to kind of dial in on this. Yeah. Because there is like, it's one of those things that feel like that, that is better felt than put into words or can yeah. be more quickly communicated that way. But obviously that requires the other person to be able to like pick up on that emotional energy or, or, or whatever. Um, and so like, because so I'm, I'm fully with you on that point. I think your, your best result here is going to get with somebody who just kind of intuitively gets it. Um, but that that's some Cinderella shit. That's a glass right. slipper. And how do you fucking even hunt for that with somebody? Right. So I think maybe I like to the best of your ability. Could you kind of jot? It, it, it's almost a what won't will want want yeah. will <laughs> we wop whip list. Oh, we're on eight hours of four hours of five hours of podcast or something. I don't fucking know, but Damn. but something like that where you could kind of more clearly and maybe do this with a partner, but like with more kind of granular looking at it more granularly i gotta just stop using words granularity <laughs> thank you just uh doing something like that but as opposed to the broader strokes of like anal you into that or not yeah uh, or like very specific into that or not right and in terms of like things you like to be called or don't called or just things you like being done like you're into the forceful element you're into be being held down 
You're not into like somebody grabbing your head and sticking their dick in your mouth or something. Uh, and again, like it, it could be kind of tough because there's so many different scenarios of kind of which side do you fall on. But I think just kind of getting that out there a, a bit and kind of getting like, I don't know, the, the main pieces, the main things you're like, this is an example of what does not do it for me, I think is going to help somebody uh, to, to kind of understand that that line. Like there's some direction for it, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I empath- I empathize with this too. I'm totally on this train. Uh, I've been talking about how I'm like a little fucking bottom bitch, and uh, I d- but I I don't think that I like the degrading shit. That doesn't really do it for me. It's it's I I like the force, but I don't like the the humiliation. Right. I'm uh, I'm I'm the same way. Uh, even like in a dominant capacity, I just don't, I don't want to, it's not, I want to say mean shit. <laughs> Doing that stuff is not fun. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get anything from that either. Yeah. Not tying somebody up is really fun. Uh, being mean to him is not. Right. You're tied up. Why, why I got to bully you? Come on. <laughs> I got to bully you. <laughs> That's punching down. I already got you tied up. It's fucked up. <laughs> uh, but also just to clarify too, though, like even though this is a complex thing, like this is totally fucking valid. Yeah, uh, people's interests, like just because one is more easily communicable, like doesn't make it uh, like a more valid boundary than the other one. Uh, so don't like definitely don't feel any sort of like bad way about this or like you're not doing the full thing or something because you're figuring out exactly what you're into and that's the shit that matters. Hell yeah, love that shit. Good luck with it. I, I hope you kind of. I hope you got a part, and you all figure that line out, and you have some good ass times. You know who else I love? Who's that? Ryan from episode one hundred and five. Rich homie, click clack. Oh, you know who else I love? My dad. <laughs> <laughs> I also love your dad. Uh, I love Rich homie Barb. I love my girlfriend Abigail. I love Daddy Dylan. Love him. Uh... I love spreadable fruit. Spreadable fruit's in the Discord with us. We love spreadable yeah. fruit. Spreadable fruit's always got nice things to say about us, and That's I love true. that about him. Shouts out. Uh, who else? Did anybody else? Is that it? My brain is functioning so fucking poorly for like you got storing the lists in my brain. I think that's everybody. Am I on the? No. Did you verify my device? Yeah. I can look. Yeah. For creators, is this? Login. Fuck. 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 It's hard to see here. I'll just, I can just do it on my phone. Actually, that part might be easy to see on the laptop. See if you can. I have a list of our patrons. Patrons. Relationship manager. That's a fun. We said six names, right? Yeah. I think there's six. Spreadable Fruit, Ryan Cunningham, Dylan Wright, Bruce Ayer, Barbara Bragg. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Yep, that's everybody. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, that's our fucking shout-out tier on the Patreon. You give us $10 a month, we'll fucking read your name, too. How's that sound? You like that? Patreon.com slash RFTB. You also get four fucking bonus episodes yeah. a month. We got the $5 tier. Gets you a bonus episode every week, often with the guest from the main show. We have a good time back there. We spin the kink wheel. Getting a Discord with us is great. We call it the good shit back there. It's true. The private reserve. <laughs> there you'll be able to find Donovan after recording for five hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast of Mosfina. <laughs> so you can tell it's going to be a quality product, folks. Head on down to patreon.com slash RFTV. I make Donovan do BuzzFeed quizzes back there. It's fucking wild. <laughs> Those bees are scary. We also have like 24 fucking episodes in the backlog. Yeah, it's kind um, of a, a fucking lot of really deal. Cool guests. Yeah, you get access to all that shit. Five bucks a month, hop in there. Uh, and we appreciate all of you. We also appreciate the band Knower and their song Hanging On, which is our intro song. As we similarly appreciate the Hey Fellows uh, and their song Stephanie, our outro music. You can find them. On Instagram, uh, look for the Hey Fellows, and you can find them on Spotify by searching those three words, the Hey Fellows. Do you know what segue we've used multiple times this show? This what? one, <laughs> where I say, did you know this one is this one? <laughs> Met a bit. Uh, yeah, big fucking thanks for, for coming out. 
and listening to the show. We do love that. Uh, and we absolutely love you, listener. We do it for you. And I'm going to fucking do my thing. You know, how's it go again? I get like real fucking close to the microphone. It was the deep inhale of the microphone that got it for me. <laughs> <laughs>